I'm Glenn Campbell, and you're listening to The Don Wilson Show. Sitting here with the great Glenn Campbell, you did a fabulous show right down here at Sam's Town in Robinsonville, Mississippi, and it's great to have you here on the show, Glenn. Oh, thanks. It's great to be here, Don. Thank you. Okay, uh, you're a great guitarist. You know, first and foremost, i got to say that. And who's it, uh, Reinhardt, that you were influenced by? Or? Yeah, Django Reinhardt. And uh, he's, he was the greatest guitar player probably that ever was. I mean, just, you know, sitting down with no electricity or anything, because they didn't even have electric guitars then, you know, when he was playing the best guitar. But yesterday, I got to tape a show with Ricky Skaggs and Steve Warner, and I got to saw a couple of uh, my protégés. <laughs> they just play, they play so good, it's just incredible. It was a great show. I really enjoyed doing it. I don't know when it'll be on. It'll be on TNN sometime. But great guitar player. Well, that's great. We'll be having to uh, look for that and everything. And uh, you moved uh, here recently. Uh, I think it was quite a few years ago. I'm not really sure. To Phoenix from Los Angeles. You want to kind of get away from it all. Right. I got. I moved down there in December, December, September 18th of 1981. Mm-hmm. And I just sold that house. We've got to get out. I'm building another one. I want to build a house like I want it, I think. And just and and that's it. You know. In other words, get what I need to live. Because a lot of people, as you go through life, you get things you want. You get a lot of stuff you don't need. So I'm really carefully. I told my wife. I said we got to plan out what we need, what our needs are, and build a house for that, uh-huh. and not build what we want. In other words, some extravagant landmark. You know, that's going to be boy. Well, didn't he build something here? Wasn't that fancy? But no, I, I just want to build a house that I want and that I need. You know, and so it sort of feel more like home. You know, it don't feel like some kind of show place. Yeah, you never really were into material things or anything like that. No, just good material in your clothes. That's about it. <laughs> A lot of good memories come back to me as I play these tapes, and I'm glad I'm able to share them with you. I asked Glenn about his rise to stardom and the songs that he chose and those hits that kept on coming and here's what glenn said i didn't know what i was looking for sound wise i just knew that i wanted to cut good songs you know and i I started cutting good songs actually with burning bridges and uh in general on my mind by the time i get to phoenix i just wanted to cut a good song because i knew that i wasn't going to be uh an elvis presley where he could do and that kind of of a star I would have to be a country popish kind of star, you know, because I like to sing ballads. And, uh, but to have somebody like Elvis Presley, yeah, come and see your show and, uh, and dig it, that was, well, I tell you, that was a thrill. That's great. And uh, he came to see you too, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, where did you, uh, I know Jimmy Webb wrote it, but uh, how did you come about to Wichita Lyman? Did he give that to you? Yeah, he, uh, he pitched it to me. Then Galveston, uh, Don Ho gave me his single record of Galveston and he had done it as a ballad and I just put it up tempo I think I could have recorded uh, you know y'all come and be flat and it's probably been a hit then for the TV show <laughs> yeah. uh, well when you had the good time hour that was fantastic it was a great showcase and I remember that um, uh, Johnny Cash, Buck Owens, and Merle Haggard were all on your show one time, but CBS didn't seem to be too happy because they said it was too country, right? CBS was having an image problem, I guess. You know, they didn't want the Hicks on because it was... Paley, uh, when I went off, he was the president of CBS during that time. He'd fired the Smothers Brothers, and he wanted... I guess he just... 
And that was part of it also. But I remember a guy named Wood. What was his name, Roger? Wood. Bob Wood. Bob Wood was the head of programming for CBS nationally. And they said, Glenn, you got to cut down the, you know, the country acts. The show went in the tank after that. I was singing with Barbara Feldon, uh, Fess Parker, people who don't sing. I mean, they're great actors and actresses, and they do what they do, but they wanted that kind of people on the show to sing. And I just said, I'm sorry, man. And one week, just out of spite, I booked uh, Merle, Johnny Cash, Jerry Reed, <laughs> Buck Owens, Ann Murray was on the show. I mean, it, it, it is the best, probably the best show we did on the Good Time Hour. And it was number it was number one that week in the ratings. But that didn't make any difference, you know. They had this thing how they wanted what they wanted to be seen on network. And that's really why. So instead of putting me on for three hundred thousand, I think it would have cost a week. They got Sonny and Share for one hundred and forty thousand. So they put them on. Are there any plans to release uh, some more of those good time uh, hours on video? I know you've got a set out right now. Yeah. What I wanted, I, I did. They put the set out, but I found out you can't leave the commercials in, and you can't leave any of that stuff in because of that's why you, you don't see musical shows syndicated because of unions uh the union i mean it, it, it costs more now to syndicate the good time hour than it did to make them live than it did to do them in the first place it costs twice as much now just to put them on a tv show than it did to make them and that don't make a lot of sense to me you know what i mean but uh i want to i want to pick out the ones that i want and like the country show with uh with the uh, merle and uh, johnny cash and and uh, Buck Owens, and uh, I want to get that one with another one and put it out because I tell you the, the commercial. I introduced the Big Mac man, and there's a Danny Grove, Danny, oh, who's the actor with Impact Two or Danny Glover, 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 is that his name? Danny Glover, and he's singing in the Big Mac commercial. You know, <laughs> I mean the, the whole commercial. I introduced the 1970 Monte Carlo Chevrolet on the show. It's just silly things that are actually funny. You know. To see now, to see how it was back then, man, it was, you look at the show and you really think it's a time warp. <laughs> well, it'd be great to see those again because I, I never missed one if I could help it. In fact, the one that's out now has got John Wayne in it, your friend. That's right. And the music show that's with that package, I told them they shouldn't do that either. I'd like to package the Good Time Iron if you want to package the, 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 the Glen Campbell music show, which I did for NBC for a year. I'd like to see that done. But John Wayne, yes, he, that had to be the first one. He was, uh, he was incredible. There's one incident that I remember that uh, I read in your book, in fact, that uh, John Wayne apologized to you in front of the cast and crew after you came up on his blind side after a bad direction from uh, Henry Hathaway. Right. Henry Hathaway said, go up on his left side and grab the reins. And so I went up and he says, this is just in rehearsal. He said, what are you coming on this side for? I can't see. I said, I got a patch on that side. And uh, anyway, it started. He, he just let off some steam and all that. Kind of laughs. That's what Hathaway told me to do, Duke. I said, I've never done this before, you know. <laughs> said, which side do you want me to come up on? I'll come up on it. To hell with Hathaway, you know. <laughs> the director don't know what he's doing anyway. You know? <laughs> yeah, but you did a great performance on there. But uh, you finally got back at the Duke, so to speak, on your TV show when you had the bigger horse. Right. I put him on the little horse. I got a picture of that hanging at the house. I think I'm going to get that blowed up about to make wallpaper out of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first right there. John Wayne was just like he was on the screen. He was an incredible human being. Um, I tell you, there, was, there were a lot of funny incidences that happened to you, and I remember one time you were performing in Las Vegas with your parents, and you asked Paul in why he didn't play Vegas. Yeah, I had Mom and Dad on stage, and I said, to, I introduced him, I said, you know, Paul, you should get a show and come down and play Vegas. And people just applauded and hollered, and after it died down, he said, I can't. He said, my parents are dead. 
<laughs> that tore the house down. Yeah, he had a one of a kind sense of humor. He sure did. We, we, I miss Paul. You see him around, you know. Yeah, we were talking about uh, CBS earlier, but uh, Capitol also didn't see the uh, uh, chance for highwaymen to become a single, and that was great. You had it originally. Yeah, they wouldn't. That's 1980, and they wouldn't release it as a single record, and it just irked me because they wouldn't do that. Uh, in fact, I quit Capitol over that. That was why I left Capitol Records. It was bad for them, it was bad for me. But they had a regime, there. that regime only lasted about a year. They wanted me to do the knack kind of stuff, you know. And after Rhinestone Cowboy and Southern Nights, I didn't want to do any knack kind of stuff because I didn't really dig my Sharona that much anyway. Mm -hmm. Don Wilson's Hollywood Beat is the latest up-to-date information on all your favorite stars. This is Mindy Miller. Uh, you were in the, a studio musician when you first went to Los Angeles and were riding. You did uh, Frank Sinatra and uh, Elvis sessions and so forth. You did the Viva Las Vegas session with Elvis? That's correct, the Viva Las Vegas session, and uh, all, all, all eyes were on Elvis, you know, I mean, you could just see it, until Ann Margaret walked in the studio, because <laughs> it was mainly all guys on the session. You know, he had, every, he had the whole rhythm section in there, and the, and the, uh, uh, the stamp court, I, I remember uh, Richard, uh, that's where the Oak Ridge boys, he was in there singing bass on the stage, he was working with Elvis, uh, and he was in there with the guys singing, it was just... It was awesome, it really was, just to sit around and work with Elvis. Because I'd met Elvis in Albuquerque, New Mexico, when I was working there. About 57, wasn't it? 57, I think it was 57. He was in with the Fair and Young show. And I, and I remember being in the dressing room with him for about 45 minutes to an hour until they could just get the crowd away from the door and away from the windows so he could leave. You know, and, that was a, and we had to be locked in this room it was Farron and Elvis and, and some of the musicians, you know, Scotty Moore and... Uh, Bill Black, bass player. It was just, it was awesome. And to go back that far, that's amazing. That's coming up on 40 years, you know that. Hard to believe. It really is, man. He remembered you in 63 when you saw him again, didn't he? Oh, yeah. He said, hey, Glenn, how you been? I'm seeing you since Albuquerque, and it just blew me away. I, somebody, I said, somebody's prepping you. He said, no, I remember that. Because <laughs> that was, that was at the time in his career when, when it just started, really. All the, I mean, because he was there as special guest on the Fair and Young show with special guest Elvis Presley. So he was still, like, supposed to be second billing, but man. Farron said he went on, uh, he, he put Elvis on first, the first night of the tour. And he said, he was up there singing, hello walls and all that stuff, you know. And he said, the people said, we want Elvis, we want Elvis. He said he, had, he put Elvis on last the rest of the tour. Elvis Presley was one of the biggest influences in country rockabilly music. He was country rockabilly music, I'll put it that way. And it, uh, Everything that come out after that was it's a copy of uh, Elvis Presley, and not quite as good, I might add. That's right, he was an original just like you are an original. Well, thank you. And uh, you remained friends with Elvis up until his uh, untimely death. Yeah, I did. I remember exactly where I was when Elvis died, and when I heard it. I was driving into Channel 5 to do a show. I think it was uh, the Donnie and Marie show or something like that, or a special, something they were doing. And uh, I remember that very well. I, I really loved Elvis Presley. And you also did an impersonation of Elvis, uh, also. And I remember in the, you did an album, and in, in, uh, I believe in London, where you did Teddy Bear, and you commented on how Elvis was a great performer. Yeah, I, I wish Elvis could have went to 
England and uh, Australia and places like that. I think the reason Elvis didn't go is because uh, the colonel was here illegally. If the colonel went out of the country, he couldn't get back in because he didn't have a passport. So uh, therefore, Elvis didn't go out of the country. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it is. It really is. Well, uh, you're also responsible for uh, Alan Jackson's success, if I'm not mistaken. Well, Alan's responsible for his success, but I gave him the, the start, you know. I signed him as a writer. In fact, we just sold that uh, catalog to Warner Brothers. But, uh, yeah, Alan did real good. First album's double platinum, second one double platinum, third double platinum. Now, you know, they release, they release greatest hits, which I think they're holding off. That's why the record company probably, I mean, the publishing company wanted to buy the label because it hadn't been a greatest hits release. But we couldn't refuse it, so Alan and I sold uh, this, this, Alan's very successful. He's a, he's a really, Alan Jackson is a very nice guy. Let's get back to the movies. Uh, you did Norwood after True Grit, but the first appearance, I believe, in your uh, in movies where you did a uh, couple of songs in the heat of the night, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I was uh, Steve McQueen's band and in the heat of the night. Steve McQueen could not play a note of guitar and he couldn't sing a lick. But here he is up there lipping it. I think Billy Strange was doing the uh, vocal on that stuff. I mean, Glenn, of course, Glenn Yarbrough did the theme for the show. But Steve McQueen's singing was done by Billy Strange. I <laughs> well, you know, times haven't always been the greatest, but uh, you're a born-again Christian, and you married Kimberly Woolen in 1993, and your life has turned around, and you got a, a new album out on Laser Light, uh, recorded live in Branson. You're going there on April 4th. Tell us all about it. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's the best lighting, best staging, best sound theater in the world that I've ever played, and we open on April 4th, and... Uh, I'm looking forward to a great season. I'm gonna take the summer off because uh, Branson slows down in the summer a little bit because uh, buses don't come in as much. So I'm there April, May, June, and uh, then September, October. That's uh, like three weeks at a time and off two weeks. Eddie Rabbit's gonna be in the theater when I'm not there. Well, that's great. And I'll tell you what, you did a fabulous show tonight. I wish everybody could have been here. It seems like all of Mississippi was. Oh, they're great. They're great audiences. I love playing the sound. You can do Southern Nights, and they go, yay. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you taking the time out to be on uh, A Real Country. Well, you're welcome, Don. Thank you very much for having me on. I appreciate it. I'll see you in Branson. All right. Going over my tapes, I uh, have a lot of interviews and a lot of um, comments by different celebrities. And... Um, there's some fun stuff. I've got Cliff Gleaves doing the Digital Frog. Cliff Gleaves, of course, was Elvis's friend and the Jackson, Tennessee disc jockey. So if you want to know what the Digital Frog is, keep tuned right here for a future show featuring Cliff Gleaves. Right now, many Elvis fans know Patsy Anderson, who worked at Graceland for many years. Well, when she was working for Graceland in 1992, she did some tapes for me when I was sitting in for George Klein at Marlowe's on Elvis Presley Boulevard. And she's doing a classic Mae West impersonation here. In fact, I'm going to play it for you. And that's what we're here for is having fun. Hi, this is Kathy Anderson, and you're on the Don Wilson Show. We hope you're having a great time tonight, rocking and a bopping to all the 50s tunes. 
Hmm, I wanna say hello to all my good friends and all the Elvis fans. You know, I wanna tell you too that it's not the men in your life, it's the life on your men. I hope you're having a wonderful time with my good friend Don Wilson. And this is May, and do come up and see me sometime. Hi, this is Jennifer Flowers. Guess what I'm doing? I'm listening to Don Wilson's Hollywood Beat. Oh, I love it. Hey, listen in. Thank you for listening. I hope you will join me next time on Don Wilson's Hollywood Beat. Remember, I can be heard on Anchor, Spotify, Apple iTunes, Breaker, Google, Overcast, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. Please check out my website at www.donwilsonshollywoodbeat.com and join me here next time. Remember, keep rocking and don't tip over. Thank you.